We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to today's message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. Last week, a really good week, a lot of things going on with the carpet, a lot of good things going on. Uh, We got a lot of things to be excited about this week for me. Um, it, not so much, okay? And I hate to be the complainer, but let me tell y'all something. My kids, Lord help me, um, so they're sweet in front of y'all, like, but they, like, they, they can fool you. So Friday night, um, staying up late so I can prepare for this sermon and try to get ready for it. And uh, so I'm, I'm up way later than what I should be. But I'm thinking, all right, well, tomorrow's Saturday. I have nothing to do. I can sleep in. But if anyone has kids, you know on the days that you should be able to sleep in, they ain't going to let that happen. Yeah, so about 3 o'clock in the morning, they roll into my bedroom, both of them, and they're ready to go. It's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon for them, for whatever reason. But they are ready to go, and they're screaming, and they're hollering, and they're running around after each other and tackling each other, and they're telling on each other for tackling each other. And I'm like, boys, just go to your room and like play in there. And, and so they go to their room, and then like every three minutes, they're back in our room, brother just hit me. Well, I only hit him because he called me a poop head, and it's always something to do with poop, right? Like, always. And so I'm like, boys, like, just let me sleep. Like, I, I need, to, I, I need some, my beauty rest. Like, I got this haircut, so it's a little better. But I need my beauty rest. And, and so they go back in the room, and they're still just throwing a fit and stuff. And so finally, Kim kicks me out of the bed so that I can go take care of them and she can sleep. Um, and so I go in there, and I'm like, all right, boys, let's just, let's just go downstairs. And so we go downstairs, and I'm laying on the couch like halfway awake, and they're fighting and playing Power Rangers and Lego Ninjago, which is Kit's newest thing. He's got to be the Red Ranger or the Red Ninjago. It's got to be the red one. But they're in there fighting, and they're using our couches like a WWF ring to jump off the top rope onto each other. And I'm like, boys, how many times have I told y'all, don't stand on the couch? But of course, they go right back to it. And so finally, I've just had enough, and I lost my cool a little bit, you know. But and I said, boys, get off the couch. You're grounded from the couch. You can't touch the couch. And uh, then they both look at me, and they're stomping, and they're crying and mad. And I'm like, y'all know the rules. Y'all know y'all can't be on the couch. You need to change your attitude. And I say that way too much. You need to change your attitude to my boys. And it's always the same thing. They're always mad at me because they got in trouble for something or because they hurt themselves for doing something that they shouldn't have been doing. I'm like, Hey, you, you knew the consequences of this. You need to change your attitude. Um, and, and Okay, so full disclosure, I probably don't say change your attitude with the best attitude either. But, you know, that's beside the point. I can do that. Um, it, but we all experience this, things where we, we need to change our attitude. Kim will ask me to do the dishes. I, I don't want to do the dishes. I'd rather sit on the couch and watch the game, um, you know, be on Facebook, read a book, whatever the case may be. I don't want to do the dishes. But I get up because I'm a loving husband, and I, I do the dishes, right? And, but she, she's super excited that I'm doing the dishes, but at the end of the day, she's like, well, I just want you to want to do the dishes. Who wants to want to do the dishes, though? Let's, let's be honest. I'm doing the dishes because she doesn't want to want to do the dishes, right? So, um, but the attitude about why we do these things is, is really what's behind a lot, of, a lot of the things that we do. Um, and when I tell my boys to change their attitude, 
when I think about things that I need to change my attitude on, it's because I just need to change the response that I'm having to whatever the situation is. Um, and I believe in Philippians 2, that's what Paul is talking about here, is the response that we're supposed to have um, to, to serving God. So we'll be in Philippians chapter 2 today. Um, before we get into the Word, I'm going to go ahead and pray over the service. Lord, we just thank you, and we just uh, thank you for what you've already done through the worship here and through, through everyone serving here today, Lord. Um, we just thank you for everyone that's here today, and we just ask that you would just continue moving here and just continue working, Lord. And Lord, just speak through me so that uh, I don't say anything dumb like importance again or, or informations again. And so just work through me so that I say the words that you want me to say, Lord. We love you and praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so in Philippians chapter 2, um, Paul's planted this church in, in, uh, the, uh, in Philippi. Um, if you need a Bible, you can go ahead and raise your hand. Our house crew is passing out Bibles right now. Um, and I believe the page number on the screen may be a little long. If you're looking through there, it should be about page 570. So just cut that in half what it says on there. So, um, But Paul's planted this church in Philippi, and everything's going pretty good at this church. Uh, a lot of times when Paul writes letters to churches, that it's not because the best things are going on there. But in Philippi, it seems like everything's going fairly well. There's a couple of issues that he's having to address, um, but he's, he's talking here in chapter 2 about how um, he wants the, the church there's response to be. So he goes in verse 1, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been in this sermon series called Recalibrate. And Pastor Mooch has preached uh, the past two weekends. He preached on recalibrating our response, our, our, our request. Um, last week, he talked about recalibrating our rhythms, um, those relationships that we're, we're um, with people and we're around people. Today, we're going to talk about recalibrating our response. Um, and so... Paul is talking here, um, and he's wanting everyone to have this, this same mind. He's wanting everyone to have this um, same thought as they go through and as they serve. We live in a world today where there's a lot of people who are just power hungry, right? We have two factions in the government who can't get along with each other, and so the government shuts down. But they're both looking for power. Um, they're both looking for, for to get what they want out of it. But Paul tells the people here that... We need to be of the same mind, being in full accord of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. And we have a hard time doing this because we want what we want out of life, um, and we don't really, we're not always concerned about what the ne person next to us needs or wants. And so Paul's trying to get them to change their response so that they can have this um, selfless attitude so that they're not full of conceit. Um, point number one today is our response reveals our, our true attitudes. Our response reveals our true attitudes. Whatever it is that you're doing, however you're serving, whatever it is that you're doing at work, whatever your response is to those situations and those things that are going on, that's what your true attitude is. Um, we go to work and we, we have these problems with our boss and um, in, instead of doing what he says, we just want to go and complain about it in the break room. But that's, um, that's we've we got to work on our attitudes and work on our response when we're, we're in there. 
um, when we're at work, when we're at church serving. Um, we need to have this selfless attitude that we're willing to work for others, that we're willing to um, do things for others that aren't able to do those things for themselves. Um, and, and really, that's what we're here for today here at the church. Um, a lot of times we come into the church and uh, we, we think, oh, I'm here to be poured into. I'm here to be, I'm here to be served. But Paul tells us we should have the exact opposite, that we need to come in with a selfless attitude um, and be thinking about others and putting them before ourselves. So when we come here, our response needs to reveal our true attitudes. Um, He goes on in in verse 4, and he gives us an example of what this looks like. He says, Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Having this mind among yourself, which is, in, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. So he gives us this example of Christ. And this is one of those things that um, when I was reading this, I was, I was going back to high school geometry, and I thought, in high school geometry, I thought, I'm never going to use geometry again, and I've never to this day used it until this point right here, preaching, which is, <laughs> sounds really weird that like, I would use geometry in that. But um, in geometry, we have this thing called a parabola. Anyone know what a parabola is? Danae does, but that's it, right? Uh, a, couple, a couple of people, yes. Yeah, a couple of people still in school, a couple of people that use math a lot, I think are very intelligent. Um, so a parabola, when you're looking at a graph, a parabola is that line, it makes a, a perfectly symmetrical U. So it starts up high, it goes low, and then it comes back high again. And when I was reading this, that's what I was thinking of when, when we were going through this, that Paul's sort of given us this example of a parabola of serving. So he talks about Jesus, um, and he says, um, we need to have the same mind of Christ, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. So we have Jesus. Jesus was in heaven. Jesus is God. He is serving. He is, he is God. He was there at the beginning. John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so that Word is Jesus. Jesus was there from the beginning, and he was there when everything was created, and he was God. But he humbled himself. He took on the image of this thing that he created. This image He created us in his image, and he took on this form of us. And he came down to earth, um, took a step away from the throne that he had there, came down to earth, and came and lived a lowly life. He could have been born as a king. He could have been born as a great general. He could have been born with just tremendous amounts of wealth. But instead, he chose to be born in a manger, in a barn, in a place where there was was no room for them to get a hotel. He chose to do that. He humbled himself in that. And and not only that, it says that um, he was in the form of God, but did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. What Paul's talking about here is even though Jesus was God, he didn't take those attributes um, and, and use them for, um, for his betterment, for his purpose. He, he had all those attributes. He put them aside, um, even though he was still God, so that he could live like us, so that he would still face temptation, so that he would still face loss. I mean, Jesus lost people. I mean, there's people that, that he loved dearly that died. He, he was around those people. Um, he faced temptation in, in the desert. 
uh, he faced all these things that we face. He didn't have to do that, but he took that on. He humbled himself for us and took that on. Um, he had all these attributes of God, and he didn't exploit them. He refused to exploit them. Um, instead, he took the form of a servant. Now, in the Greek, there's two words for servant. There's the, listen, again, I'm from Arkansas, so if you're a Greek scholar and you pronounce these better than me, then thank you. You can tell me later. Um, di- diakonos, which is where we get the word deacon from. That's one form of servant. And that is um, a servant that's an administrator, a server, a waiter. Those things that you're getting something back for as you're serving. But there's also this word, and it's called doulos. And that's a, a bond servant, a slave. It's someone without authority. And when Paul's talking about this here, he, he calls Jesus a, a doulos, a servant. That's someone that's taken on um, a burden without any authority, that, that is a slave for us. So Jesus took that on um, for us. And um, what we're getting at here is point number two. Christian authority is characterized by service. So Jesus humbled himself, um, and he humbled himself for us. And we need to take on that same thing. If you want to be made greater, you need to serve. Um, And we read this several places throughout the Bible, but Matthew 20, 26 through 28 um, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and, and there's this issue where um, the disciples are, are questioning each other and talking to each other about um, which one's going to be greater and which one is uh, um, the, the greatest amongst them. And uh, Jesus says, these are things that the Gentiles want to um, discuss, but it's not going to be the same way among you. Um, he says in 26, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of God came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So what he's getting at here is if you want to be that diakonos servant, you have to first be a doulos servant. You have to first be that person without authority. And you have to humble yourself to take on those positions, even if it's not something that that you want to do. Listen, here at church, there's a lot of times that there's a lot of positions that we're like, man, I just don't want to get up early and, and go do that. Um, but you have to humble yourself to be here at 8.30 in order to serve in the mornings. Um, there's some positions that you're like, man, i got to be around Pastor Derek's bratty kids again. I don't want to do that. It's true. You know it. Um, but we, we have to humble ourselves and know that what we're doing up there has a purpose. And if we want that authority... If we want to grow in Christ, then we have to be able and willing to serve. Um, we have to be willing to give up those Saturdays to come and serve hot chocolate and, uh, and coffee and clean up after people when they come down here to the warming station. If you want that authority, those are things that we need to do. We need to step out of our comfort zone and be willing to give up our Saturday to go do that or be willing to give up our Saturday to go help a church member who's in need, who, who um, is, is moving out of their apartment and needs help moving those things. So... Um, and we have great servants here that are doing those things um, and who are willing to take it on and take that next step of service. Um, but if we're going to be in authority, if we want to continue to grow, if we want to continue um, to, to, to work, in God's, um, work for God and grow in God, we have to serve. Now, this is something that some people in here might get offended about, so bear with me. But 
as a pastor, people come up to me, people come up to Pastor Muta all the time and say, you know, Pastor, I'm just, I'm not growing. I'm like, I'm, I'm here at church, but I just, I'm not being fed. Um, I don't know what's going on. And the first thing that we're always going to ask you is, hey, where, when was the last time you served? Where are you serving at? Let's, maybe we can help you with that. So the next thing we're going to ask you is, what regroup are you going to? Shout out for regroups. Make sure you sign up. What regroup are you going to? Um, what's, your, what's your giving look like? What, what does that look like? And nine times out of ten when you talk to that person, they're going to say, oh, it's been, been about three months since I've served. Uh, you know, I just I haven't found time to go to a regroup. I, I don't feel comfortable sitting in someone's house and talking about God. Um, you, you know, I, I give when I can. I give when I have something there to give. But if you want to take that next step, if you want to grow, then you have to step out of your comfort zone. You have to serve. Um, and, and if you're going to grow in authority, you have to serve and um, serve God. Um, verse 8. And being found in, hum- in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So not only did Jesus leave this high ground that he's at, not only did he take um, a, a step away from the throne in heaven that he had. But he came to the earth, born a lowly person, went through all the temptation that we went through, that we go through. But it says he also was obedient even to the point of death. Um, and it says even death on a cross. When we think of the cross, like we, like we automatically think of Jesus. And so we sort of... Um, elevate the cross. We, we make that a, a sacred thing because we think of Jesus. Back in these times, that was nothing to be elevated. Dying on the cross was the most humiliating way anyone could be killed. They saved that for the worst of the worst. Um, when you saw somebody being executed on a cross, people would look at that and be like, oh, they must have done something bad. But that's the death that Jesus took on for us. He took on this death on a cross, which was the most humiliating way that he could die. He was obedient to the point of death, even death in this humiliating way. Um, and even before that, he, I mean, he was beat in front of his friends and family. And they had to see him up there on the cross looking like it wasn't even him. He, and he did all that for us. But he was obedient um, even to death on the cross. And point number three, servanthood means being obedient no matter the cost. Servanthood means being obedient no matter the cost. So that means when we're here, when we're serving, when we get here at 8.30, we're being obedient to that call. Um, When we're serving at that warming station, we're being obedient. When we're giving up our Fridays and Saturdays to do that. um, When we're giving our our gift of uh, tithe or our talent up here singing or, or whatever it is that we're doing, we're being obedient. And some of us need today need to step out and be obedient to what God's um, called us to. And we need to, to humble ourselves so we can put away those things that, that we might say is costing us. Put away those things that, you know, I just really don't have time to serve. Or put away those things that, you know, I just I don't want to sit in a regroup with people. I, I don't know about these people. I'm, I'm still just getting to know them. But we've got to be able to put away those things so that we can be obedient um, to the call that, that Christ has, has made on our life. But there's more to serving than just that. Um, when we're serving, there's, there's more that we're serving for than our own gain. We're putting away those selfish things. That's what Paul's telling us here. We're putting away those selfish things. 
we have a reason to change our response. We have a reason to, to do all this, and that's because Jesus was obedient to us, even on the cross. And we're going to be rewarded for that. Verse 9, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Because he was obedient, even to death, God exalted him, and he put him in a high place. So that com- sort of completes the, par- the parabola. He was in heaven. He was God. He, was, he is God. He takes on the form of man. He gets to that lowest point, that hu- humiliating death on the cross. And because he did all that, it says God exalted him on high. And it says that at the, name of, uh, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. That song we just sang was a great song. What a beautiful name it is. Someday at, the, at that name, every knee was going to bow. Every knee is going to bow to Jesus. And every tongue is going to confess that he is Lord. And Jesus was exalted for being obedient on the cross. Point number four, our response will have impact. Our response will have impact. So we are going to get a blessing out of, out of serving. We're going to be blessed for, for giving. We're going to be blessed for going to those regroups and growing with those people. We're going to be blessed for handing out hot chocolate or for cleaning up a mess that a kid spilled the hot chocolate out of. We're going to be blessed for those things and be blessed because we serve those things. Um, we're going to be exalted because our response is going to be right, that we're doing this for Jesus and that we're doing this because God has uh, called us to serve more. But even beyond that, um, there's going to be more impact than just in our lives. There's other people that are impacted through our serving, um, through our outreach. There's other people that are going to, that are outside cold and hungry and, and thirsty, and they're going to be able to take that next step in faith because we were able to to serve them, that they, they came through the doors. Um, there's people that pull up to the parking lot and they say, man, I don't want to go in there. I don't want to, to I, I, I just don't really feel comfortable going into church. I've been hurt by church. Um, I haven't been to church in 20 years. I don't know if I'm dressed right to come to church. But seeing that person standing on the corner there holding a sign, waving at them, telling them welcome home, that, that's something that welcomes them into the church and gets them to come in. Um, and, and that welcome home that we, we tell everybody, like, that brings so much freedom to people. That I, don't, I don't think that we always understand the impact of just those two simple words have on people. But Paul gives us um, an example of his life and how serving impacted him. In chapter 4 of, of Philippians, uh, verse 10, Paul says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I'm to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet, it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you uh, Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, 
No church except entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Ephrodite the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So Paul says, listen, when I needed help, y'all were there for me. This church at the uh, Philippi was there for him. Um, Paul was in prison and they, they sent things to him that, that would help him. They sent him food. They sent him um, things that were going to comfort him. Um, that outreach that they provided him, um, it, it kept him going. It kept him um, encouraged. And he, he, uh, he rejoiced, it says, when he received that. But also when Paul started his ministry, he, he went out with, with nothing. And this church at, at Philippi um, gave to him when no one else would. So they were continuing to give and they were continuing to serve him even from a distance. Um, but he also talks about how they're still serving there and that he's grateful in that and that God's going to continue to bless them as a church and he's going to continue to help them grow um, and that all the glory, all the fruit is going to go to God because of what they're doing because they're in the right mindset. They have the right response to serving. You know, when I think back uh, about my own life, there's, there's examples of this um, that uh, people just serve and, and help me to get to where um, God's placed us now. Um, in 2013, uh, I was deployed to Afghanistan with the United States Marine Corps. And when I deployed, um, we only had Reeve at the time. It was just me, Kim, and Reeve. Kim moved back to Arkansas to, to be with family and be with people that around her um, that could help her raise our son. So here it is, Kim, who's essentially a new single mother, and our eight-month-old son, who's going through this, this big separation, um, this new thing. And they're having a tough time. But Kim knows where she needs to go and who she needs to rely on. So Kim starts trying to get plugged into these different churches. Um, and so she goes to these churches. She sits down. She's, it's our first son, so she's still a little apprehensive about taking him to nursery and things like that. So she sits in the back with our son. And always, almost before the service even gets started, Reeve starts getting upset. He starts crying, and he, he starts uh, screaming, and she can't do anything to console him. And, you know, people are giving her that look like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to hear this, and y'all are back there doing, do, like, he's, he's being loud. He's being, um, making noise. And so she would always get up, and she would have to leave the service. And so she wasn't getting to hear God's word. She wasn't getting um, to see what, what God's doing um, and, and how God's moving. Um, and so week after week, she was experiencing this. And finally, she thought, all right, I have to take him to nursery so that I can sit here and I can hear this word of God so that I can understand what God's got going on in, for me in my life. Um, but it, it ended up being a lot of times the same thing. In the nursery, uh, she would drop Reeve off and then they would always come and get her because he was just crying. He didn't want to be in there. He was losing it back there with, with these people. Uh, his, his dad had already gone to Afghanistan. Now his mom's gone. Like, what's going on? Um, 
And so she'd always have to leave the service again because she couldn't, she knew she couldn't bring him back out to the service. But she, uh, so she thought, I, I, I just got to go. I'm too stressed out to deal with this right now. Um, she started talking to some friends of ours that planted a church in Jonesboro, Arkansas called Birds Church. And so she went there one Sunday. And when she was there, um, she was sharing with her friend the story. I know I need to be in church. I know I need to be hearing what God's got going on for me. But um, at the end of the day, I always have to leave. And they're like, just leave them in nursery. We'll take care of them. We'll make sure that you, you can enjoy this service and you can hear what God's got for you. So she does that. So she goes out. She sits through the service. She sits through worship. Worship was amazing. She sits through the word. The word was amazing. She, she felt like, you know, she really heard what God was speaking to her and what, really, what God had to say to her. But then at the end of the service, she looks around and realizes, I don't have Reeve. Where is he at? Like, he, they must have, like, been holding him down and, like, strapped him in so that he's not, like, losing it back there. And she's a new mom. She's a little crazy. Um, so she runs back to the nursery, and when she gets back there, she sees this guy, and he's just holding Reeve. And he's just pacing up and down the hallways, and Reeve's asleep in his arms. This guy's name is Kyle Morris. Um, and she goes up and talks to him, and he's like, listen, I heard, you, I heard what you were saying before service, and I knew that you needed to sit in the service. And so what Kyle did was he said, Reeve started crying, so I just picked him up, and I just started walking the hallways. And about three minutes later, he fell asleep. And that serving, that intentionality that he served with, um, that just, God started working in our lives because of what he did. And so when I got out of the Marine Corps, when we moved to the Michiana area, me and Kim were like, we want to be a part of a church like that. And so we started looking for a church plant that we could serve at. And when we came to Relevant Church, we just wanted to get plugged in because we knew what someone else had done for us. We knew that we could do that for someone else. Kim started serving in kids because she knew what that meant for her and what that meant um, to just be able to allow the parents to sit in in the service uh, without any distractions, without worrying about the safety of their kid. My first job, setting up chairs. We were in the, the middle school. Setting up chairs picking up heavy things, putting them down. That's why I'm so anal about chairs now. So, but that's what I would do. I'd set them up and then I'd put them, stack them back up at the end of service. But because we were obedient in that, God's continued to work in us. And so I went from setting up chairs to um, leading regroups to um, leading our reserve team to now I'm the executive pastor here at Relevant Church. And yeah, yeah. So, and I can count all of that back to what Kyle Morris did for my wife when I was in thousands of miles away. What you're doing is going to have an impact. Your service is going to have an impact on someone else. Your giving is going to have an impact on someone else. Your, the outreach that you're doing is going to have an impact on someone else. So today, there's some of us in here that maybe we're new. Um, maybe we've been coming for a while and we just haven't got plugged into serving. So what we do the first Sunday of every month, we have an opportunity for you to come learn more about Relevant Church and to find out how you can serve here at Relevant Church. And we call that starting point. Um, and we do that the first Sunday of every month. And so maybe you're that person that's maybe been here for a little bit but haven't got involved in serving. Maybe you're someone that's been like, listen, I don't want to serve. Like, I, that's not me. Hey, come to starting point. That's the first step to where you can get involved. And you can start having an, an impact on someone else's life because of what God's done for you. And so if that's you today, just take that connect, your connection card. Just write on the back and say, I want to attend Starting Point. 
I'll send you an email this week, um, and we'll make sure that we get you plugged into that and get you all the information. We have childcare. We provide food. Um, so whatever you need for that, we can make sure that it happens so that you're able to go to that. For some of us, maybe we've been serving here at the church, but Sunday morning's where our service ends. And so today, you also have an opportunity. This weekend, we've been doing the warming station for the, the ice festival. After service today, we're going to be running that as well. We'd love for you just to stick around with us and just serve this community. It's still on Sunday morning. It's still here at the church. But maybe that's your first step into going out and being able to, to provide outreach for someone else. Maybe for some of you, it's just giving. Maybe that's something that you've never done. Maybe that's something you've, um, uh, you're, you haven't stepped out in faith to do. Maybe that's what you need to do today. Um, but then there's one other person in here, and that's the person that's, that's never accepted Christ as, as their Lord and Savior. Um, and, and today, I believe you're here for a reason, and you have that opportunity to step into faith with Christ because you realize now what he's done for you because you know that he's taken that step away from the throne that he came down, that he lived a life just like each and every one of us live every day, except better, um, and that he died on the cross for you so that your sins could be forgiven and so that you could live in a relationship with him. And so if that's you today, I'm just going to ask that every head bow and every eye close. And I'm just going to ask everybody to go ahead and say this prayer with me this morning. Dear Lord, we love you and we thank you for stepping away from your home in heaven, living this sinless life, and dying on the cross for our sins. Lord, you did that when I was a sinner, knowing that I was a sinner, and took all those sins from me, Lord. And today I accept that And thank you again for dying for me. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.